worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you're letting us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd You know what that means. It's time for another new episode of the It's Canon Podcast. The podcast that talks about anything and everything. Your go-to place for everything pop culture. We talk about video games. We talk about comic books. We talk about movies. We talk about tech news. We talk about Lego. We talk about anything and everything. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris. And I am joined by Phil. Hello, hello. How is everybody doing? And Tyler. Hey, yo, putting on my fancy pants today. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Guys, this week, we're going to be talking about streaming services, shakeups, numbers, and whatnot. We're going to be talking about video game restructuring. We're going to be talking about court cases in video games and in the video game industry. We're also going to be chatting about a summary of tech earnings reports, particularly Tesla, Microsoft, Apple. That's the big that. ones. Yep. Yeah. The big ones. Some the big weird ones. stuff coming out of them this week. Yep. Exactly. And we will be releasing a second episode this week. People have been asking. I really have been getting a lot of messages, actually, and people are asking, when are you going to go back to two episodes? Well, this week we will have a special episode on Wednesday, and it's going to be all things stonks. Mm, stonks. Stonks. We're going to be talking about GameStop. We're going to be talking about the stock market shorting. We're going to be assessing things. We're going to be explaining things as best as possible. We even have a guest that Tyler was able to get. It's going to be a fun episode. So that's coming out on Wednesday. But today, we're focusing on all things news, all things pop culture news. <sighs> what a week it's been, guys. It's been a crazy week. I don't think I've talked to you guys as much as I have this week. Yeah, you seemed like you were really busy with stuff this week. I mean, this yeah. has been a weird fucking week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this week was super busy, both with passion projects and, you know, actual work to fund said passion projects. Um, but yeah, it's been a <laughs> freaking crazy week. And I think this week is going to be even crazier. Uh, before we started recording, I was looking at my schedule, like my calendar. It's like meeting, meeting, meeting. It's easier to see when I don't have a meeting compared to when I do. But enough of Oof. my bullshit. Um, right. Yeah. Um, and I guess I should have added, as always, we're going to be talking about WandaVision because this week was a huge episode and i want to get yeah yours guys's thoughts on that you see now i'm from hamilton yours guys's use guys use guys's eh? um but yeah it was a huge episode so that's that but phil how is everything going what's new what's going on in the life of phil oh my goodness this week i think i i watched more tv 
than I have in a very long time. I finally got caught up on the Queen's Gambit. So, so good. That one I hadn't been like it was Fearless Fred who put it on my radar because he just said good television is just good. It's not a show about chess. It's good storytelling. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I tune into it and I was just like totally whipped into it. So really enjoyed that experience. Speaking have, have you also whipping, oh, yeah, sorry. Sure. Speaking of whipping, yeah. you know what's a good show? Bonding. Oh. It's like, that's a segue, yep. That's true. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, uh, I've been trying to get these two guys to do a special on, like, an in-depth on, on I think the way to pitch it now is going to be why representation matters. Because mm-hmm. have you heard how much chess sales are up because of that show? Oh, no doubt. Like, yeah. seven, I think was, I saw one place projecting that it was, like, 76,000%. Yeah, it's wow. ridiculous. It's absolutely Which insane. is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. The, yeah. The funny thing is is that it it's a show that content wise, sure, chess is in it, and it's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that. But that wasn't the actual focus of the show. But you it know what I mean? Like it's just amazing to me how it can influence that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like because sure, I was sitting there thinking, hey, maybe pull up my chessboard or whatever. But then I completely got wrapped up in that character and mm-hmm. her struggle, in her her plight, in in her relationships and everything like that. It was just compelling storytelling. It was just really good. You know, I, I was pleasantly shocked. Well, and that's the dream, right? Yeah. Hey, why yeah. not tell a good show and like you can have things be both? <laughs> yeah. We have X Files result in, I think, a thirty percent increase in women applying for law enforcement. Because mm. it was, the, and they called it the Scully effect. Like people were like, "Why are women always all of a sudden like the number of women applying for the FBI, applying for law enforcement went way up?" So that yeah. stuff matters. Oh yeah, 100%. it was it was great. And hats off to to Netflix. I I know I kind of crap on them sometimes, but no, the good stuff no. is good. The good you stuff don't. is good. It's just there's a lot of content. <laughs> it's hard for me. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> old you don't shit on Netflix. No, never. Never. And I did watch some Cowboy Bebop. I'm getting caught up on some of my anime oh. from back in the day. Yep. So that one, I don't know how it snuck by me. Oh. If I you like it. Yeah. If you if you really like that one, even once you get to the end, because that ending Fair. is a little oh. divisive. I'm I'm having a difficult time figuring out how they actually make money, considering they never complete what? a job. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> I'm just like I'm, I'm I'm through the first Blu-ray of it, so like about ten episodes, and I'm like, oh, you're, how are yeah. they existing? How how is this anything getting paid for? Because every yeah. episode ends the same way. Ah, shucks, he got away. Yeah. <laughs> he's dead. And in this world, we don't get paid for dead bodies. We only get paid for live ones. Because <laughs> it has to be. Because it's not dead or alive. Exactly. There's, um, there's consistency issues that I'm noticing. On yes, some of it, but the the spiritual sequel. It's not an actual sequel, but it's like a spiritual sequel. Is called Samurai Champloo. Okay. And if you like Bebop, even once you get to the end, it's worth trying. Fair. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of Ghost in the Shell, like the animation style. Yeah, a little bit. Um, just that dated '90s kind of stuff so yeah. i'm enjoying the kitsch of it as well mm-hmm. 
Does it remind you? Of yeah, and and I checked out uh, Snowpiercer. Yes. I checked out The Expanse, WandaVision. I'm finally into Kim's Convenience. What? I just can't believe how much I'm watching lately. It's been off the books and onto the TV this week. Don't know why. Fair enough. Really cool. But Kim's Convenience, another great show. Like great I knew show. it was good, but I'm just it popped up on Netflix and I'm like, oh, let's just give it a clean watch through. Yep. That's a show that's only yeah. going to get even more popular in the next, what, eight months? Yeah. It, it, it's it's the next Shit's Creek. Probably. Yeah. Probably. In terms of turning that corner, I think, for Canadian television, at least. Yeah. Yeah, right now, Canadian television is just so hot. Like, there's so many good shows. Um, CBC's producing some excellent, excellent content. You have um, Working Moms. You have... Shit's Creek, which is over. You have Kim's Convenience, now, which yeah. is probably like in the thick of things. Um, I would I mean, say in the latter half of its show, but you know, I think the next season might be super huge for them. Or it'll be like Murdoch, and it'll never end. Yeah, which is another thing. Murdoch continues to make money for CBC. Yeah, yeah, that oh. show was huge. For CBC. What was the one? What was the one that we were watching, Tyler, with Alan Tudyk? Resident Alien. Alien. Resident I was going to talk about Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tyler and I both both gave that a watch. Yeah. And, uh, I've seen I countless thoughts. promos of that show on Canadian TV and American TV. Mm-hmm. They're really pushing it on sci-fi. So um, I think actually I, I think it it's going to get some pretty good viewers because on Wednesday night after WWE NXT on USA they previewed mm. the first episode on USA Network so you know Comcast owns uh Sci-Fi and USA so mm-hmm. put it on all the networks get all the eyes so yeah it's a- yeah it's on the Sci-Fi network up here the CTV one yeah. it's also worth remembering that Resident Alien like that's a pilot so like yeah. It's it's traditionally made. We're not used to pilots anymore being a little bit clunky and like choking a lot better in episode two. So, I, I I thought it was interesting. There was a, a there was a, a fascinating premise. Yeah, it's got some it's got some chops. It's based on a comic as well. Yep. Which oh, I think nice. the comic just ended. I think I think I think the last issue just hit shelves. Yeah. Well, it, it's it was a little bit. It's not in my wheelhouse for shows mm-hmm. because it's kind of like aliens. Sure. Um, the whole alien aspect of it, sure. I was surprised with how often he is in the makeup or, you know, donning of, of the head mm-hmm. in the show. So I thought that would be something that was a little more lightly used. I like it, though. It, it's effective. And I really like uh, his character. I just, I'm not so sure about the autopsy doctor stuff, but hey, whatever. It's um, It's definitely interesting. It's got yeah. me. Yeah. Um, Snowpiercer first episode yeah. in the books wow really good I like it yeah um, it was shockingly good yeah Melanie's daughter is so kick ass badass I love it yeah Boy yeah alert. yeah and well, yeah Jennifer Conley too Mm-mm-mm. haven't gotten there good yet good looking woman yeah um, what else yeah Expanse I'm behind so behind on that right now I gotta oh, catch up. So good, so good. I'm enjoying the season now. I'm seeing the author is saying that there's people. He said that the last episode will be a big payoff for the people complaining. 
I'm not catching what people are complaining about. I'm just <laughs> drinking it in every week and enjoying it. I, it's to the point now where I stay up until midnight on Tuesdays to watch it because it's on East Coast time. So Amazon Prime will air it at midnight Tuesday night. Are they doing the Inaros arc or? I haven't read that far. I'm only on book three. Well, I, I'm wondering what they're doing in the show. Like, who's the who's the baddie right now? Oh, they're oh the um dude chucking uh which McCallit's uh, boyfriend who chucks the rocks. Yeah. Kids, so uh, yeah. if they end with that, that ends like book six. So like, there's three books after that. It looks like they're just not going to cover. Yeah. It, well, there's going to be one more season. Oh, there's one more season. Well, jeez. I mean, one more season. The the they said okay, we're putting yeah. this one on film, and then we're calling it a day. And they're walking into that season knowing that that's the final season. Yeah. So. I mean, the the I, I I as much as I'm enjoying the books and continue to, there's a lot they could cut out of that last trilogy. The third book isn't out yet, but yeah, it, it, it's it's good. I like all the actors. I like you know. There's a lot of things happening in in this story. I like learning about Baltimore. I like everything about it. So it's it's a big payoff for all of us fans. I'm not going to ruin it because you know we're in the middle of it and Boris is catching up to it. But mm-hmm. it's well worth the time and the investment. And it's almost like I just find that it's very similar to the feeling I used to get when I'd watch Game of Thrones. And that is when the opening music hits, instantly my blood pressure goes down. Like, it's just like, oh, all right, I'm in for an hour of good, solid entertainment. Like, there's, like, take me on the ride, I'm ready. It just puts me into this headspace and I'm good to go. Let's let's get let's get on this. So yep. yeah, that's a great feeling. You know, especially nowadays, it's like it's so hard to find stuff to watch. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know a way to look at it just yet. But doing this show, you know, you know it now, Phil. You watch TV differently. Like it's, you know, there's that critical eye to it. You know, it's very hard to find a show that I can enjoy as a fan. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I know in in doing what we do on here, it has altered a lot of casual viewing for me. Yeah. Now, The Expanse for me was a brand that I invested in much earlier. It frustrates me, actually, that I have friends who love science fiction who won't give it a chance. And that really, really gets me upset, but there's nothing I can do about it. Babylon 5 of this generation, right? Where it's so good. It's better than most of the other stuff out there, but there's a certain, I don't know what, that people just won't give it a chance, right? I think because it it went from one property to another. I think because it went from sci-fi, Netflix, to Amazon, I think maybe there was casual fan shakeout. And that first season, as much as I love it, and I really do, it was very difficult to approach it as a fan. Because it was, there was just so much going on. But I remember Battlestar Galactica being on, and everybody would talk about it, and you just went and you watched it. And yeah. I'm surprised that that same phenomenon isn't happening to my friends with The Expanse. Because yeah. I can talk that show up like there's no tomorrow. I'm reading the books. I'm I'm completely invested in deciphering as much as I can 
about what the author wants us to to see and the show creators. Yeah. But my friends aren't there. I find that it's really hard. Authors, yes. To get people to watch a show that's on Amazon. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Amazon. Most of us have it. Exactly. A lot of people have it, but you tell them about a show, you know, um, Upload or The Boys or, you know, their back catalog of awesome stuff like Scrubs, etc. And people just don't. Yes. People just don't gravitate towards Amazon. I think also it's part of it's like it is so hard to navigate. Yeah. Their layout is like it's almost hostile in how much it doesn't want to play help you. Yeah. I had to go, I popped into Prime on my on my other monitor trying to remember what movies I watched this week. And it's like, I don't know. It's like what do you mean you don't know what movies I've watched? Like let me look at what I watched. Yeah. Whereas Netflix is like, watch it again. And you're like, this is what I have watched. Yep. But Crave the, is the funny same. part is Crave is horrible navigation wise. Oh, Crave is terrible too. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't have Crave. Yeah. <laughs> I like it's brutal. My it's parents, brutal. my parents have Crave and offered us to get onto their plan for free. And we were like, no, we're good. <laughs> like that's <laughs> how much it's hostile. Yeah. It's it. kind of funny because I fired up the CTV app to watch resident alien yeah, and it linked to my not to my crave, but to my actual TV account before it would let me watch it. I oh, am. Yeah. There's <laughs> a bunch of weird. Go record it now. There's a bunch of weird it's licensing a, bullshit. Yeah, apps within apps within apps. I'm just yeah. holy crap. Yeah, but yeah, it's funny though too. We Netflix has a great interface, and you're completely correct about Prime being quite hostile. It's so funny though because my father, who is aged. He watches Netflix. <laughs> All right, he he's down with the Netflix. He's like, yeah, I'm. He's I, he he brags to all of his elderly friends. I'm watching Netflix. Yeah, like this is a thing for him. But it's a channel on Bell. All right, this is the easiest way that I can get him. This is why he watches it. I have a Fire Stick set up with everything on it. Yeah, and he's just it's too hard. So he goes to the Netflix channel. And mm-hmm. that interface is absolute crap. Sure. And he, I, I was watching him the other day because I go, why don't you watch a movie on Netflix? I haven't heard you do that in a while. And he goes, okay. And he puts it on and he's completely stuck in the wheel of, do you want to watch this again? <laughs> right? He only moves the cursor left or right. He doesn't go up and down. <laughs> so he's stuck in this loop. And I'm like, dad, no, you you're watching this is why nothing's changing on netflix you're watching what you've already watched yeah there's always the same shit on here (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna sound like elderly abuse right now but there is one one of my favorite pastimes when i'm spending time with my mother is watching her navigate her tablet like there's just something special about this sometimes because she gets her she's really good with it you know she's awesome all things considered. But sometimes she gets herself in this weird <laughs> loop where she'll exit the program and she doesn't know how to expand the size of it. She'll go back into Netflix, but it's still minimized, the, like the window. And I'm just seeing her tap everywhere. I'm like dying of laughter watching her do this. Again, I know this sounds horrible, but there's I, just something. But this is, this is what it's like, man. Like this is, this is it. And I'll tell you, my dad, the most terrifying thing happened last weekend because he's on Facebook. And he had his privacy settings completely wide open. 
and some stuff happened and he asked me like how do i fix it so i went in and i did it i went in and i fixed his privacy settings so he can't be skimmed right and i'm like okay so here you go and i'm like what are all these ads doing up and i x them out right and he comes back to me the next day and he goes hey you really fixed up the my facebook because i don't have these ads anymore and i'm like good i'm happy for you and then and then he says well I opened up a chat with the people from Google and I told them that I don't want these ads. And I'm just, what? <laughs> what? And I go, what do you mean you talked with the people from Google? That's the most impossible thing in the universe. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. well, they said know. that they would fix it. And I'm like, who said that? That's a hacker. <laughs> who are you talking to? <laughs> How is this conversation happening? You don't have a microphone on there and you can't type. And he's like, well, I opened up this and I'm like, show me now. And then he's scared, right? He's like a little kid. Uh oh, I goofed. <laughs> and I'm just like, I went out to the store to get some groceries. I came back and I'm immediately, please explain to me how you talk to, to Google. <laughs> oh my God. It was so funny. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, please man. let the computer be in one piece after this is done. <laughs> It turns out he filed a report with Facebook that there was too many ads. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. I talked to and they, they basically gave him an automated response of, we'll look into it, which means nothing. But he, he interpreted this whole experience as a conversation. Amazing. I mean, if you don't know bots, how like sophisticated bots are now. It's mm -hmm. true. I mean, have you heard the, uh, have you listened to any of the audio of the American um, Army's recruitment bot? Yep. Because it's terrifying. It's very like, if you aren't sophisticated, it sounds like a real person because it has yeah. a voice. Oh yeah, so I'm embedded with a lot of these chatbots. Like a lot of my customers yeah. are working on chatbots um, for their support and service and whatever, even internal portals. So mm -hmm. this is like a big part of my job and it's it's insane wow. the amount of R&D going into this, which is great. Keeps me employed, but yep. it's just insane, scary. Some of these bots going around, um, but yeah, it's just. Oh, it is what it is. I even subscribed this week to Endel, which is Grimes's AI. Oh God, sleepy app. Oh boy, am I ever, like ever like a light with that? And that thing's got to be learning like crazy what the human mind can be submitted to or yeah. reprogrammed to say. <laughs> I still All call that Grimes. app Sharon Apple for. <laughs> any Macross Plus fans. Like, that thing is so scary. I'll hail Grimes. No. <laughs> no. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Well, sounds like you had a very entertaining week, Phil. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to, to go out to the desert and live a solitary life worshipping the sun. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was good. Um, <laughs> Tyler. How's everything with you? What's going on? Fancy pants. Fancy pants. I got to give shout outs. We watched some some not great movies this week. <laughs> but both of them had so much promise that it's painful. Oh, well, I'm being I'm getting messages from my partner being like, "Don't hate them." <laughs> <laughs> so we watched we watched Bad Hair and Antebellum. Ugh. Um so Antebellum, I'm going to talk about first. Antebellum nice. had so much promise, and it, it just falls short. It was horrible. It just, it's not a good movie. Yeah. Like, it, 
I think even my, yeah, we were sitting there and we were like, here's how you edit that movie. You don't have to do any <laughs> reshoots. You could have done zero reshoots, cut about 15 minutes out of the movie and just done editing changes and made it a better movie. Wow. Like, it's, it's really too bad. It's the first it's the first big break from the directing writing duo behind it. And it has like a solid cast, but it's just. It's just you, disjointed, not great. How do you think, like, if you were an actor in that? And you what? see the final product and like, I'm sure a lot of them have, have very similar thoughts. Like, how frustrated would you be? Like, I could have made more of a name off of this. I think. Well, I mean, Janelle Monet is the lead and she's kind of already a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it only, it only looks better when you're in like an actual quality production. Right. Sure. I think well, there I comes mean, a point where for them, it's a job, right? Like, it is yeah. what it mm-hmm. is. Eh. Half of these actors don't even watch themselves on screen, so they've probably never seen a finished product of whatever they're in. I know some people who are like that, so, like, yeah. Um, But you're right. Like, it always makes me wonder, like, hey, you know, if if something was super promising and then certain things changed and made it bad, I wonder how they feel, right? Well, I mean, it got got reasonable reviews. Like, it's not... It's not a. It's not a bad movie. It's just not a great. Like it's not a. It's. It needs work. But the other side of it. Yeah, I mean the other side of it is also like, and both of these movies are from, like minority groups are are producing them. And one of my positions has always been like, we need to have more B movies hmm? that can be B movies and not yeah. be about white dudes, and just that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like people yeah. freaked out when the new when the Tomb Raider reboot didn't do like the best ever, and it was like it made money. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't great. Yep. Um, yeah, but my frustration with that, sure. you have a very valid point. Yeah, was just that the game was so that it was based off of like the the reboot of the games that it kind of lightly skimmed off of. Mm-hmm. There was so much better content that they could have explored in the movie. Oh, hundred percent. The argument is, like, Hollywood in general has a tendency for you have a movie with a female lead, for example, and it does poorly, and then they go, well, this is it. Women-led movies don't do well, but we get a bajillion things with, like, a white dude lead that does poorly, and mm-hmm. that's just cost doing business. We, we need to have more movies be allowed to be not perfect. Um, like bad Nicolas hair. Movies. Exactly right. Like Nicolas Cage can keep getting work no matter what he does. Yeah. Or Anthony Mackie. Uh, uh, what did you, oh, I mean Anthony Mackie must have a huge student loan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Mackie's like, you do what? Okay. Yeah, because his latest movie on Netflix. We talked about it last week, but it's so bad. Oh my! They, they, that one though, the director was like, "I'm a genius." Oh yeah. That director is so proud of himself. Um, Bad Hair was then, it's a horror movie that like is set in the 80s and it's like about the clash of culture. It's very much about BET and MTV and like that formation and that process of like rap becoming mainstream is like the backdrop for then, like, a horror movie about what? sentient hair. Oh, my gosh. 
And um, it's like the first three quarters are actually like really good. And then you get to like the climax and just the effects behind the the, <laughs> the, the bad thing at the end are just like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. It's like when when description of that it just sounds like a Monty Python movie going awry. <laughs> well, it's like oh shoot, what was it? It's it's like the, it's the phenomenon in horror movies of of like most horror movies. If you see the big bad, it's the worst movie. Because mm-hmm. like you're you you filling it in and being like only catching glimpses is better. And then like yeah. you know you, is it? I think it's Alien Two where you see the person obviously in the suit. <laughs> Or the, the, the HD of Alien 1, because if you HD Alien 1 you turn up the brightness, it can see the alien in the darkness. This is obviously a guy doing this. But when it's in the original Shadows, like, the low quality made it look scarier. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, the thing that always got me with Alien was the hockey gloves. Gosh. <laughs> that, just, it's so Canadian. Yeah. Like, it's such a Canadian thing. Like, I'm sure there's people who are in prop, like, oh my gosh, these things are awesome for astronaut gloves. And every Canadian's like, oh, my God, come on. <laughs> you can just throw those off and beat them down. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Wow. Big hair. Bad hair. And, and Boris had something else that I was supposed to talk about. My brain is absolutely fried on it. What was it we were talking about beforehand? Did oh you lose God. it, too? Yeah. Oh, mm. my God. We were talking about... We were talking and Boris, I'm going to ask you about it. And I'm like, hmm. We were talking about it. And oh I my God. was in the washroom. So you were in the washroom. <laughs> You were in your bio break, if you want to be correct yeah. about BRB those. bio. Um, that needed to happen. It had to do CDPR. It was CDPR stock prices. Um, and again, I do have gloater. I still own stocks in CDPR, and we were talking about how, and this, this transitions us into the news a little bit. How like we started to see another round of delays going on this week. That's um, what it is. Delays, including delays, delays. yeah it was it was the big one that i was like i want to hear more about right now is returnal like i'm i'm interested in this game it looks like one of the neatest ones death loop looks like it's a little bit too much of a gimmick mm-hmm. um which is funny that death loop and returnal seem like they're doing the exact same thing that prototype and infamous did of like oh it's the same game yeah too close together again yeah but returnal looks interesting and it got delayed by like a month and a half and we started talking about, like, we're, we're seeing all these video games get delayed again. And there's still a bunch of, like, the PS5, air quote, launch titles. Yeah. Still have no release date. Yeah, and that, that was the same with the PS4, though. Remember, Division was supposed to be a game launch. And they attributed it all. Yeah. Xbox and PlayStation attributed all the delays at that time to the fact that they had to rework the entire OS and deviate from the original plan of what they were going to do deliver as far as games content yeah so all the studio said well because of the changes from microsoft and sony we are now impacted and it took division like two and a half years to come out and it was supposed to be sure. a launch title yeah so yeah sure i was talking to tyler and i was you know i wonder if this this is a um offshoot all these delays whether it's sparked by one of three things number one um like you just said, changes to tech, you know, API calls, OS changes, yada, yada, yada. Number two, COVID, working in the brave mm. new world, you know, working from home, security, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that can take delays um, with tech companies. Or number three, mm-hmm. 
Production companies, studios are scared shitless to release a less than perfect game because of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, yeah, and I, I said I said I think it's all of them, and I think that as we're gonna talk about it a bit more in the special on GameStop, uh, the stock market is insane right now. It's just mm-hmm. it's just insane, and you know I still hold CDPR stocks. And I think that if you look at it just from like a mathematical like valuation, CDPR is currently undervalued, and it's still recovering from that hit um, that Cyberpunk's launch did. And part of the proof, I think, that it's undervalued in the market is is garbage. Is Elon Musk tweeted that he liked Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Yeah. And like the stock had like a twelve percent jump. Yep. Like, um, and I mean, look, like they still own Witcher. Witcher still is selling. It's going to release a PS5 redo next year, I think they were saying. They had a PS5 remaster. Allegedly. Boris is shaking his head now. Yep. I'm not. I don't. Yep. It's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> sure. I'm just but, saying. like, it's still going to make yeah. the money. Oh, yeah. This is sure. just from a... Is this is just or, from a... Are, are they, they going to play the nice guy card and go, do you have it in your library already? Well, here's the free PS5 upgrade. But most like, I, people, I most now, people who have it mm-hmm. have it on their PC. Yeah. Well, it did well on consoles too because yes. man, oh man, that game is like prolific. Yeah. But, but I, I just see them. I just see them in this backpedal mode where they're like, okay, but know, like because they are saying, and good for them, they are putting it out there and saying, hey, guess what? It's going to take us a while to get these patches because of these mm-hmm. patches, because of the errors that we had in, in getting this game onto the older consoles. We have our priorities have, have shifted. And now they, they're setting the template and saying later on this year, we're going to have the expansion, you know, or whatever it is. And we're yep. going to get the PS5 version going. And I just see them doing a lot of nice guy stuff in the market. And it's not necessarily fair as we discuss. Right, they're they're definitely getting targeted as a company for that product, and it's not really sure. fair compared to atrocities otherwise committed. Because sure. as much as people want to complain, you could pretty much play Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on the platforms. Like I have friends who are playing on PS four base yep. models who are on their second and third playthroughs. Yeah, it like it works. It's not stellar and you're still in some bugs. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it uh, you know, it's we get it. Like and, <sighs> but you can play it on Stadia, you can play it on your PC, you can do you can experience that game in a lot of different ways. And there are bugs, but they're not always game breaking bugs. They're also, I would argue funny I, I would argue the bugs are no worse than Fallout Four was at launch. Yes, correct. And Fallout Four, like that's a that's a triple A company. The larger point that I'm trying to get to being the company still is worth a lot. They have what four Netflix show deals, including one of the like the the Witcher does like decent. I think I don't know if they get a chunk of that or not. I don't know how they renegotiated the deal with the owner of the IP. They're getting a cyberpunk show, which we know is through the 2077 IP, so they get a cut of that. Uh, They have like four cyberpunk comics that are all doing solid sales and not stellar. Yeah, I'm solid sales. Um. And they still like I still sold 13 million copies. Like that's still a bananas good opening thing. It's still top 50 fit selling games of all time. Yeah. So like it, the company's still worth things is kind of the larger point. Like and whether or not you're making like, more. 
I'm sorry. Oh, that's what it's I mean, right? It's not like they're dead in the water here either. They're fixing what they've done. They're making things yeah. better. They're yeah. they're getting confidence back in the marketplace, and they're going to move forward. They're like fish. All they right. can't stop yeah. swimming. Yeah. Well, that's I'm, why I'm saying I think it's undervalued right now. I'm yeah. going to ask you guys a question. You guys a question. Are we, yeah. as consumers and video game people, becoming too complacent? For these companies and allowing these companies to release subpar products into the marketplace. Or is this just par for course? Mm. I think you need to tease out two sub questions for that. Which is let's I think we should like well I think we should set aside the specifics about relitigating whether or not cyberpunk was a subpar launch let's just set that aside let's remove cyberpunk from the equation let's talk about all video games right yeah that's what i'm saying we have countless examples of games that should not have been released but were released but we as consumers accepted them played them knowing that they have bugs or whatever um a less than perfect release and the reason what inspired this and i'll bring it up is i was having a you know a heated text conversation with my brother um who he was saying you know people are idiots for spending 100 bucks on these products that just don't work right um which is really funny coming from someone who worked in in software for so many years but that's beside the point um and i know he doesn't listen but his son does so that's my weekly jab at my older brother um but um you know and and i see his point of view right like and, and Phil, you might be able to talk because you guys are almost the same age. Um, uh, but, like, you know, as an old school guy, you know, you we, my experience of Nintendo and Atari and all that is different, right? Like, I grew up with those mm-hmm. as a child, right? So I see those video games different. But, you know, someone like you guys, you guys, use guys, you know, who... Us guys. Use guys who grew up or, like, teenagers when all these video games are coming out and then kind of seeing these changes you know from 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 nintendo to playstation to where we are now and you know oftentimes a lot of people in your age group fell off video games and don't care to play them like i know that a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. play sports games anymore it's because they're too whatever you know too simulator um i know my brother barely plays video games now because they're just not his thing anymore like he doesn't like them he says they're not fun Mm -hmm. etc so you know to an extension have we become complacent in allowing ourselves as consumer to accept these less than perfect products i can say this with full confidence i i enjoy video games i enjoy the experience of them however the good ones are good and the bad ones are bad. And my filter is getting increasingly higher on passing on what I know I'm not going to enjoy now. Now, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I get caught up in the hype train, like everybody. And I'm like, oh, Hitman 3, Hitman 3, Hitman 3, Hitman 3. And then I'm like, I just don't enjoy these games. So I'm not going to buy it. Now, that surprisingly, that looked good. But I don't know how many times I've bought crap like Fallout 4. Or things like that. And those are the companies. And I'll bring it back to CD Projekt Red. And I know we said that we wouldn't do it. But I'm going to do it. I really like the fact that they are trying to make good on something. 
because if there's something that pisses me off more than anything and has made me really jaded, it's when companies do what Bethsaida does and release a chunk of shit game and take forever to fix it or not even acknowledge that it was a chunk of shit game like Fallout 76. <laughs> and that's, gonna... that's where my radar goes now. It's like I look at the companies, I look at their track records, I look at my experience with the previous products, and then I place my expectations on that. I'm going to take a contrarian view. I think it is um, the, the company's fault, and I think that it is mm -hmm. uh, the larger attack on game reviewers. So mm -hmm. where I'm coming from from that is is like there have been unfinished video games released since the beginning of video games yes like right et e almost destroyed the yep. industry but like every generation we have quite a few games that never get finished and get released anyways you have bubsy 3d you have road for attribution you have afro samurai yeah whichever duke nukem it was you have like an Ultima game, and this this has always happened. Oh, and part of it, I think, right now, is that when a game release is broken because of the internet, we all know faster, mm. and video game prices have outpaced inflation. Mm. And that's part of it, right? Is you look at a percentage of your like your fun money. If you if you have the same percentage of fun money in 2000 or 1995 and now you're probably spending a higher percentage to get the same number of video games. Yep. Video game prices are broadly speaking outpaced inflation. Um, and then we had this phenomenon when all of a sudden like we, there was this widespread throwing off of game reviewers as though they were, you know, in fact the truth is that like anyone who does any reviews is inherently biased. That's part of the fucking game. Like Roger and Ebert, like mm -hmm. obviously have biases, but that doesn't mean that their that their criticism and their review is is non valid. But when we had this 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 weird revolt against video game journalists, and then the same thing happened in comics journalists, what the result was for video games was video game companies decoupled themselves from reviewers, and instead they went to the YouTube content creator platform. And we instead see all these new deals that prevent reviewers, which reviewers or content people from saying negative things pre-launch. And you know, from Cyberpunk 2077, part of that was, uh, hey, I got news. Um, you can't play it on the lesser tech. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, maybe the government should be stepping in and being like, hey, this is a weird, this was over the line of what you can and can't do with advertising. But what happens when? Ubisoft goes to a bunch of people who are Ubisoft fanboys and they give them Far Cry Primal a month early and they give Kotaku Far Cry Primal a day early. Mm -hmm. And and they count those reviews the exact same. So the truth of the matter is like consumers are being directly hamstrung for be able to make informed decisions. And there is still all these senses of artificial scarcity being built into the system. Yeah. Um, whether that's you know your pre-order bonus or your Avengers yeah. Spider-Man only shows up on your Sony. Well, I found my experience has been because I found it interesting because I was watching Atlanta Pierce a while ago 
Mm-hmm. And she made a comment about how effed up the reviewer space is because of this type of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And about how you cannot review a game the way you used to review a game. Correct. Back in the 90s or early 2000s. Mm-hmm. However, I have a reviewer, probably the only reviewer that I put any ounce of trust in. Mm-hmm. And that is an independent guy named Carrick. Um, Jeremy on ACG is his channel on YouTube. He's a crusty old man, just like me. And he rev- he rates games on a scale of buy, wait for sale, don't touch. Yeah. You know, rent, don't touch. He he boils it down to that basic review that reviewers used to do. He reviews the sound. He reviews the graphics. He reviews his enjoyment of the game, and he doesn't hide what he enjoys. And I found that I have, although not lockstep with him, there are things I disagree on, but by and large, I watch his review on any game, and he pretty much nails it on the head, or at least exposes me to what it's going to do. So my concern... And I pulled up ACG for this. And this is actually part of what I'm talking about. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you think he's a good reviewer. And this is not to critique him. This is to highlight concerns that are issues for the larger review industry. In the description of his YouTube channel, first up we have his Teespring link, his rebrand link, his Patreon then his YouTube, then his Amazon affiliate link, and then another rebrandly link, and then a Twitch TV link, and then another Teespring link. So in addition to doing all his reviews, he still has to monetize it separately. So you're not yeah. paying him for the reviews. So he's he's whether he wants it or not, there are still incentives for him to have other ways of making money. And part of that is he has to make sure that his stuff is, is memeable. And we saw this metastasize oh, incredibly yeah. brutally with Rooster Teeth, which used to do reviews, and then it became like what thing can we say this week that gets out a new t-shirt? Because we got to make money. And then he's got his Patreon. So That's like, because Jeremy lost his job. Yeah. And he's doing this full-time now. Yeah. And he makes no bones about it. He's like, hey, if you want to join my Patreon, I give you extra shows. I give you extra access. But he's mm-hmm. like, just basically when he does his review, he's just like, I'd appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. You don't have to. He never that, puts any pressure on you as an audience member. He's like, you that's can not like the it, concern. you can dislike it. He's just like, I need help in getting into the algorithm. Sure, that's not the concern. The concern is that, generally speaking, his incentives, even if he does good reviews, his incentives are not necessarily to make good reviews. Oh, yeah, true. Right? His incentive, he may be trying to do good reviews anyways, but the, the incentive structure in place is not for him to make good reviews. It's for him to make good content, which is Mm. not the same thing. And we saw that when there was this huge wave of people shitting on Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, he was shitting on it, yeah. (laughs) But even if he didn't like it. No, his point for that game was, there's a good game in there, but he is extremely critical of any buggy game. And there's too many bugs. So, anyhow. It's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, I trust him because of this history. That's all. In the last, you're right. you're right. In the last two months, he has twelve videos on Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. Yeah, that's not people, because people keep on asking him. That's what I'm saying. That's not good for reviewing. Well, his his point hasn't changed on it. 
It's okay. just people keep on questioning, and he answers those. Like, you may think a full episode is on it, but it's not. It's it's quite light. No, sure. But anyhow, but, I haven't I haven't been I haven't been watching his channel super hard. I'm just bringing it up as the old no, reviewers are still out there. The old format kind of exists, but it is prone to exactly what you're saying. Yes, it's based off of content, and not off of quality per se. Well, and, and like, I mean, I'm looking over it, and he's already starting to fall into the same problem with these other content creators. Of, look, we got, we got three things in the last week that are not reviews, and they're more generalized news stuff, which is fine, and it's whatever, but we even see the same thing here. Of We have incentives to be more sensational than good reviewers. That's mm -hmm. what the incentive structure is. And it, 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 even if, if, if a video game company backed up to his house with a dump truck of money being like, hey, you're going to do a playthrough of this game, he might be able to turn that away, but we can't guarantee everyone can. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And a lot that of people true. have that incentive to take it, and then that extra money also makes them more able to buy ads and more able to upgrade their production, which in turn, like, all the yeah. incentives are to go that direction. Mm -hmm. And that's what my yeah. point is. is interestingly, the, interestingly enough, I know with with Carrick, he specifically declined all of the cyberpunk pre stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and good he for just him. Didn't like the terms, and he made a video about that. Like that's one of the videos. It's just like, hey guys, I'm not covering this like everybody else is this week mm -hmm. because I couldn't live by their terms. I wanted to play it on my PS5. I wanted to, you know, show you that. And they wouldn't allow it. So he's just like, I'm just going to sit this one out and I'll review it with all of you. And super fair, like, this, is, this isn't me trying to shit on him. You're looking at his YouTube page and you see it far differently than I do because I've been watching his content. Yep. So it's different. But you're, you are correct. I'm not going to deny you that. Well, and yeah, I mean, like, there's, there are people out there who do real good review work. And I, I just want to, like, we need to accept that all the incentives are not to support that. Yeah. And, and we see people different, like, likes and whatnot, and they find somebody they vibe with, and then that's yeah. that's fine, too. Well, that's always yeah. been the dream. Like, that's always been the dream. But you still need, like, 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 video game criticism has an inherent value the same way that, like, movie or book criticism does. Um, and we have on one end, if you were at one of the big websites, if you're at GameStop and someone buys ad space, we've heard about people getting fired for critiquing games that have bought too much ad space. Hmm. And then the other side is, and I've talked about this, I, I've, worked, I've been working on this idea for an essay for the show here, but if you just want to review games, or you just want to do any one thing, whether you want to be a writer, whether you want to be a video game designer, it is exponentially harder if you also have to do marketing, you also have to do your video mm -hmm. editing, you also have to run a store, you also have to make sure you're making money, you also have to do chase down sponsorships, you also like that all it is time spent not doing the thing you're good what at. You want. Yeah. Well, it's like That's when why Jim you find suckers who like, help you, like Phil and Tyler. Yeah. Exactly. No, but that's like Jim Zub was saying, you know, like you gotta be your own marketing guy when you're making your when you're doing your stuff so here he is right sure. Conan the Barbarian but he's like I have to do podcasts I have to do stuff like that because you need to get out there same with Fred and Mud 79 mm -hmm. all that stuff right but that's but but we can all agree that's not great for the industry right yeah. right it, it, if if 
and we see the same thing in books and comics. It's like if if you could be a writer and you had a publicist taking care of a lot of that for you, you'd be more able to do it. And like, there's a difference between Neil Gaiman and Jim's up, right? Yeah. Neil Gaiman can just be like, oh, I'm doing a new fucking comic, and he's so famous. And then all of these incentive structures further make it easier for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Jim Zub doesn't have a PR team. Exactly. Yeah, I know. And 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 they they have the audacity to turn around and say, "Well, you do it." <laughs> Not only do you make it, like go go walk the walk, like go go do the beat, make your own <laughs> appearances. Yep. yep. It's pretty much. It's really tough. And we're still gonna take a cut. And our yeah. cut is not going to have gone down from the 90s when we had more advertising for you. Yep, exactly. That's true. All right, guys. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about some news. We're going to start things off because this week was a pretty big week in regards to streaming services. I feel like every week I say that. But this week, there was some major news. So HBO hit its subscriber goal two years ahead of schedule. So it was reported Ooh. that HBO Max already has 40 million U.S. subscribers. AT&T disclosed this in its first quarter earnings report on Wednesday. Um, plus, it's traditional TV subscribers of 1 million. So they have, you know, if I do my math correctly, I think that's 41 million total yeah, subscribers. Um, and they, the 40 million mark was actually its two-year goal. Um, globally, HBO, including Crave and all that fun stuff, um, has 60 million subscribers. Uh, so a couple things that we have to mention, though. AT&T, um, they use different metric levels for its subscriber base. Uh, total subscribers includes not only people who pay for a standalone subscription, but all those with access to HBO Max, either through an existing HBO subscription, through a cable company, or through promotion via AT&T's cell carrier business. Um, So Mm -hmm. basically, anyone who has access to it, however you have access to it. But, you know, again, caveats, I just want to throw out there. Um, But yeah, 40 million overall, it's pretty fucking good. Uh, You know, for context, Disney Plus hit more than 86 million subscribers in a little over a year. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. quickly checked. HBO Max was released uh, late May, May 27th. So in these, what, seven months, it's not doing too bad at all. Yeah. Thank you, Pandemic. Yeah, pretty much. Also... that movie schedule too, right? The minute they did that for Wonder Woman... Let's and that's where that was my next point was that Wonder Woman is uh you know it 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 plays a huge role in this um regardless of what we thought of the movie right people got a subscription at least for a month for Wonder Woman um so much so that Wonder Woman was actually by the minutes more watched than Soul. Huh. Uh, mm. Yep. So that the was the funny thing saw. though too. Like look, last week we finished up our show. And I open up my phone, and boom, Godzilla versus Kong trailer dropped while we were yeah. recording. And the amount of buzz that's come off of just that trailer has been insane. And that's them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's going on HBO. That's going to, they moved it up a week, in fact. So yeah. it's just crazy, man. It. It's, it's out a week. Good for them. So it's been out delayed a week, a week. Sorry. Yeah, it's been delayed. Oh, okay. But. It's still early, one week it. earlier than its original release date. But yeah, I you know I never knew that there were so many, um, so many monster fans. I know, right? Crazy. 
But Del Toro even like tweeted out, he's like, maybe there's a chance that Pacific Rim <laughs> is in the same universe. <laughs> like he's already like, I want a piece of this with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's HBO news. You know, HBO business is going well. AT&T business is going well. Let's, you know, AT&T is Pandora's box right now. You really don't know what they're thinking. Um, you know, and when we dig a little deeper, those those rumors, those articles, those editorial articles, I should say, of DC Comics keeps coming out. Because, Tyler, did you know that in June, DC Comics is closing because the comic industry is dead. Long live the comic industry. Sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> if, if, if they did anything like that, it's only so they can bring it back to be even bigger. Like, well, not necessarily even bigger. I, I I think it is worth noting that like DC's had a rough couple of years yeah. in the it, mm. for DC Comics, right? Like they're still by far the second biggest comic company. Yeah, but yep. yeah, I mean it's been a while since they've had a real run at Marvel for a top dog. Yep, since we started this show, basically back in 2016 or show, they were making yeah. you know it was back and forth a lot. But what I, yeah, anyways. I've got a lot of crap. I've got a lot of Marvel crap in my backlog of of comic memories. But I gotta say, a lot of the DC stuff was pure shite, too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (sighs) DC makes some choices. The good is good, the bad is bad. That's all I can say on both companies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's that. That's that's our comic content, guys. That's all we. That's all you're getting yeah. this week on comic books. Um, but the bigger news in terms of streaming service, and this is where my worlds collide because I've been talking about this on my other podcast, NXT Talk. You can find it on snmeradio.com/slash blah 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 blah. Anyways, um, and that is WWE content. Page, yep. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> WWE content. WWE Network is ending in mid March. Because they have signed a $1 billion deal with Comcast and NBC to move the entire WWE network to Peacock. Wow. That sounds really cheap. Um, it's, um, it is super cheap, in my opinion. When you take a look at their deal with Fox, so their deal with Fox to produce a weekly show two hours on Friday night... Um, was a billion-dollar deal over five years, and that's one live TV show. Right now, this is what Peacock is getting. All live pay-per-view events, including WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and smaller events. Um, They will be live on Peacock starting Sunday, March 21st. They will have original series like Steve Austin, Broken Skull Sessions, Undertaker, Last Ride, and all new WWE icons. They will also have live TV shows, including NXT, after they, it airs on USA Network. But they have exclusive content like NXT UK, which airs exclusively on the network. WWE 205 Live, which airs exclusively on the network, as well as replays of Raw and SmackDown. The entire archive, including WWE, WCW, and ECW pay-per-view e- events, every show in history. Um, tons of really awesome documentaries, the entire network. So it's about 18,000 hours of content going to Peacock for $1 billion. And wrestling has got a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is huge. 
when we take a look at, you know, number one, we're starting to get a real valuation of what tape libraries are worth, right? Number two, mm -hmm. we're getting a good indication in regards to where WWE as a company, remember, they are a public company, so we have to take a look at what where their train of thought is right now. So running the WWE Network is not easy. They went from uh, one platform to another last year, didn't go too well, but, you know, there was always talk about moving their business from you get all your pay-per-views free on the WWE Network to kind of what UFC and ESPN Plus are doing. So you have to not only subscribe to ESPN Plus, then you have to pay um, for the actual oh. UFC pay-per-views. But that's not changing. WWE will still have all the live shows, including WrestleMania, by the way, um, live on Peacock. Uh, so that's one change. But the, the big thing here is that it removes production from and and making sure that the streaming works from WWE to Peacock. Like, that's a huge mm -hmm. thing, right? Like, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And this is also a good test ground for Comcast and NBC because they have the Olympics. So whenever that airs, it'll be on Peacock mm -hmm. as well as NBC, Bravo, Oxygen, Sci-Fi, etc. Um, wow. And... Their contract with the NHL is up this week, this year. So, I think they're already looking into the future in terms of what their sports offering mm -hmm. is going to be. I realistically do see the NHL re-upping their contract with NBC, but NBC Sports is closing operations at the end of the year. So, what does this mean? The all of their sports is going to have to move to USA Network, NBC, Bravo, Jeez. one of those channels, and or Peacock. So in terms of sports distribution, this makes tons of sense for them to take over from WWE. Um, and all of this just for a billion dollars over five years. Yeah, I mean, I looked into what you were talking, and the total value of all of WWE, like the company, is actually only $5.71 which yep. is less than I thought. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, that's significantly less than I thought. Uh, I expect them to be about 7 8 at least. Um, but that makes a little bit more sense in terms of that price point. Wow. Yeah. I, I, just, I just weep for Canadian fans who want to get access to platforms so, that aren't available here here's <laughs> here is the thing so wwe because of god knows what reasons um we can get into that but i won't uh they have um contracts with certain countries so here in canada wwe network is actually through cable providers so you have to go through rogers you have to go through kojiko you have to go through whomever in order to get the WWE network, and that's not going to change with this Peacock deal. This is only yeah. a USA issue. But yes, the, you know the, the whole number of streaming services is really becoming insane. And you know, here in Canada, yeah. we lose on a lot of content. So that's that. It's it's nuts. Like uh, the world is fragmenting. Like you wouldn't believe for all of it to just basically get blended in together when they decide that they've fractured the market enough that people just go back to watching yep. illegal stuff yeah that's exactly it. it's 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 going dark again for for a while people were going legit but now with more and more and more and more streaming services well illegal stuff is rising and you um, know what like i talk with a friend who maybe 
partakes in the dark arts of getting television or whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to say it that way. But I talk to him and I'm like, I'm an adult now. I, I make a, a wage and I'm going to pay to make sure that a product is supported. I want to support the artists behind it or at least send the message with my money that I want more of this because there's nothing worse than having something you absolutely love, healing it and having it stop because it's not being supported. Like, cause they don't know, like we can sit here and we can go, Oh, the Mandalorian only got 1 million views. I can also tell you that the Mandalorian was the most pirated show last year. Yeah. Sure, right. Exactly. So it's, it's the eyeballs are there. It's just the question is, you know, the support for it well and yeah i was gonna say do those count if they don't buy anything mm-hmm. that, that's the ultimate question right that disney has to sit there and quander about or any content producing app mm-hmm. mega media company yep. i'm sure they look at all the numbers and they go hey game of thrones is really popular on the legal charts at you yep. know wherever <laughs> That's torrented like crazy. Well, Cyberpunk is also a super torrented game. Yeah. Right now. Well, ZDPR's plan always included that, right? Because they they always release stuff with functionally no DRM. That's always yep. that's part of the plan. All right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because you know, not only streaming services are changing, but the entire video game industry is changing. Konami this week. Um, went into major restructure that's going to be taking place in February. So um, it was originally reported that their video game divisions were going to be more product-centric. They were going to be under kind of product and PI departments. That's not the case. Um, Konami's video game division and the video game higher-ups are actually reporting direct to management. So no, Konami is not shutting down the gaming division um they have not sold ips to a company um you know but things are changing so a lot of people are freaking out because well people want metal gear people want silent hill Mm. people want stuff like that and i was gonna ask you what are are they making what are they making that's the thing right now nothing they haven't made a game in a really long time the last major um uh, Castlevania release was Lords of Shadow, which came out in Jesus. 2014. Uh, Metal Gear came out in 2018 with Survive. You know, before that, it was 2015. That 16 company. With Metal Gear Solid. Sorry, I'm sure that there's stuff they make that people are, and Metal Gear, yeah, sure. But that company is, for some reason, I always look at Konami and Capcom in the same kind of weird way. I just look at them and I go, I know they make and they're prolific in their markets and they have their loyal fan bases, but their games just always slightly miss with me. But that's just me. Yeah. Many people considered Metal Gear Solid 5 to be unfinished when it was released. Yep. Hmm. And they never fixed it. <laughs> they yep. just never, they fixed, never it. fixed it. They never fixed it. Even because that, think- that's one of those games that I buy because I get swept up in the hype. And then I go, I don't know why I bought this, because I hate stealth games. <laughs> I think Kojima even said, like, it wasn't finished, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then that falling out happened. Um, yeah. Y- yeah, yeah, it's funny, because I was, I was honking around, I was telling Tyler before the show, I was honking around with that GeForce Now service, and you can, you can play Death Stranding on it. I thought that was interesting. 
God, that's a <laughs> such a weird game. I love I that game. Loves it. I love it. I will. It's eat so that funny breakfast because for breakfast, lunch, and I'm, dinner. I'm gonna say it as a as a as, a, as an aside to this because you know I love my streaming games. Uh, I checked out the service and it links to your Steam account, so it grabs mm-hmm. the game. You have to buy the game on Steam, mm-hmm. and then you play it on their server. So they only mm-hmm. have limited games that they can stream, and then you get your ray tracing. So I, I kind of shout out to you, to your nephew there, ray tracing. Yes, I, I do. I, I mean, Death Stranding has an interesting gameplay loop, but goddamn it, Kojima needs a writer or an editor. Someone needs to like rein him in a little. That game freaked me out. Oh, it is super weird and offensive later. Oh, oh, here's another bit of news too, Tyler. I'm going to yeah. tell you this. Okay. I think I'm the ready. free PS4, or the free Sony game starting like next week because it's February will be Control. <laughs> I've heard that too. Um, yeah, my concern crazy. is that they just released a PS5 teaser for the PS5 Ultimate Edition completely yeah. redone graphics, and I was like, that's "The only way to get it." So no. they're not upgrading, oh. so that's why it's going free. Yeah. But speaking about, yeah, I just bring that in because Konami always confuses me as a company. So I hope that they survive if that's what they want to do. Their gaming division. If that's what they want to do, I hope they don't kill themselves unless they want to. It might Bill. be in the plans. I don't know, like what they what they want to do with some of these companies uh, if they haven't produced anything for so long, and there's no buzz in the box about something coming. It does look like it's gonna. Well, remember they go in a direction. Silent Hill, um, with Kojima, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. they're and Kojima left, and. and really bad terms so as a company mm-hmm. you know for the past four or five years they've literally had no one on staff to create new ip for them i mean they've been making bank it looks like re-releasing their old games onto new systems and doing mobile games with existing ip i was gonna wonder about mobile yeah yeah, Castlevania Symphony of the Night for iOS and Android. eFootball PES 2020 for iOS and Android. Frogger for iOS. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. A nostalgia That's... company. Wouldn't that be Nintendo? Isn't Nintendo the nostalgia company? Yep. Well, they're all, everything's a nostalgia company now. Everything. Like, talking about that WWE sale. That's a nostalgia sale. No, it's not. Sure, there's lots of... See, because they bought all the tape. Oh, so? You guys... It's the live... No, I'm just saying. It's like live that's, content. That's humans. I know, but it's human... It, it's, it's in our nature, right? Like, what's the one thing that when I listen to wrestling stuff, they all go, oh, back in the day I used to watch this, and then they go out and they find it and they rewatch it. And it's, like, good for them. Like, they're happy. I don't know about that. I, I hear I, it a lot with wrestling buddies, but yeah, well, that's their whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand the sport. You're feisty I never got today, it. Phil. You are feisty today. I, I love it. Um, I all right. So, it. court cases and video game. The video game industry is under a lot of pressure right now. EU groups are calling for Nintendo's Switch Joy-Con drift investigation. There are class action lawsuits around that. 
Um, <laughs> Valve is getting sued for abusing Steam to keep PC game prices high. Riot and Bungie are teaming up to sue Valorant and Destiny 2 cheat makers. It is insane right now in the video game industry and court cases. And Epic and Apple. <laughs> well, that's its own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you guys want to go? Where, what do you guys want to talk about here? What's interesting for you guys? Tyler, I'm going to throw this to you. I mean, I'm gonna, I just want to throw it out there. I think the Joy-Con Drift one <laughs> is the most boring. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, just, it's just a consumer protection, consumer advocacy case. And, like, it's important. But sometimes important things are boring. And it's just at what, what level of, you know, what level of, of lifetime do we expect from these things? What I, mean, I love about the Joy-Con Drift story is as more calls and lawsuits are coming up about this, Microsoft put out a huge statement saying, we will fix the wireless controller issues. Don't worry, guys. We got you. Oh, yeah. What? What issues? Hang on. Like, I I know the Joy-Con issues. Microsoft put out that they're going to fix Nintendo? No, no, their like own. Their own issues. Oh, their own. They're like, we have issues. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Make a statement. We're going to fix it. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, interesting. I, you know what? Like, here's the thing with my gaming. All right. I know. I know I destroy controllers. And I mm-hmm. do take care of my shit. Like, I really do. If there's one guy that was selling something used, I would be, I want to be the guy that's buying it from me. Because I, I know I take care of my stuff. I'm just saying. That's a weird <laughs> sentence, but keep going. I know, I know, but really I'm trying to get weird. that point across. I take I take care of my stuff. So, like, when my friends are like, hey, I'll pick that up if you don't want it anymore, I'm like, you lucky bugger, because that's it. Like, brand new. I even have the box. But the joysticks, yeah, it's a wear and tear item. I just go, hey, guess what? It's near Christmas time. All the joysticks go on sale. It's time to go get a new joystick. The only one that I haven't replaced is my Microsoft Elite, because it costs nearly as much as a console. And it seems to be holding up pretty well. But as far as those cheap-ass PlayStation ones, I, I will say this. The Nintendo Wireless Pro Game Controller mm, that's not bad. seems to be pretty good. It's held that's up for bad. two or three years now. And, yeah, I those Joy-Cons feel like total cheap shit to me. I, <laughs> I held it once, and I'm like, nope, sorry. I'll, I'll, play my, I'll play it on a real controller. I think the other thing to remember, and part of why the Joy-Con one isn't interesting to me, and I think it isn't really interesting to that many people, is Nintendo we're has... talking about it for like 10 minutes. Well, I'm trying to wrap this out of it. I'm trying to get the fuck out. Um, is that Nintendo always has huge cash reserves. So if they get sued, they'll just cut the check. Yep. Like if, they, if they have to, they just cut the check oh, yeah. and Nintendo keeps going. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Gonna make it go away. What was the other big one? Um... You just said it. My brain lost it. The Epic and Apple. There's no real update yet. They're still fighting. Correct. What's the? Oh, Steam most feared. See, the Steam most feared nation one's interesting. So this goes back to the days of when you'd have regions for your video games. So you have like the PAL one, PAL two region. It used to be this thing. It used to be a pain in the butt if you bought a game from Europe to play it on a system from North America. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was to try to control uh, stock levels and language ones and then also it was to try to better adjust for local 
market conditions, which is a fancy way of saying it was to try to make sure they could charge one price in North America and another in Europe without mm. really having to justify it any other way. Yep. Um, and then and nowadays, especially when games are delivered digitally, what does any of that mean? What does anything mean? But there is there is such a thing, though, because I know when we were kicking around, hey, check out the price of X game. And there was something that I got alerted to just because I was curious. I, I'm not really a PC gamer, so that's my background on that anymore. But when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, look, you can get this game for 50 bucks or, like, you know, 70% off or whatever the deal is. But it was locked to a region. The digital game wasn't a worldwide game. So you had to be really careful and, you know. I'm looking at it, and it's like, wow, okay, so this is something you have to be super aware of. If you're going to go to one of these third-party sites and get a discount code, you better make sure that the discount code gets applied to a worldwide release game instead of a regional release game. Because otherwise, I could be playing it in Polish only. <laughs> By the way, not be English. that reminds me. Funny bug in, in uh, Cyberpunk. There are times when the... When the I know I know we always come back to this, um, but it's, it's just, funny because I walked all the way around that without saying cyberpunk just so I wouldn't say that. <laughs> By the way, didn't listen to a word you said. I was in my own world. So cool. if, I'm wow. repeating, if I'm repeating everything you just said, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> Hey, I'm producing, I'm looking at time, I'm looking at levels. Give me a break. Cut I'll me just some say slack. it. I'm curious to know if you're going <laughs> to get up there. We're running out of time. Now I'm just stressing both of you out. Um, I was playing Cyberpunk this week with the new 1.1 update, and I noticed that oftentimes the subtitles randomly go into Polish many times. Cool. All right. I didn't say that. Good. <laughs> Cool. Um, so this most favored nation thing basically means that if you have something for sale on Steam and somewhere else, Steam says you cannot sell it for a lower price anywhere than you sell it on Steam. And that's part of the contract of putting a game on Steam. And that's part of why we're seeing such a fiasco involving Epic and the other stores right now. And I think GOG has had some like weird loop arounds of that because CDPR like isn't selling stuff on the GOG platform. Wink, because it's the same company. Um, but yeah, functionally what that means is Steam has a veto power over whether or not you can put something on a lower price elsewhere. Interesting. So then, negotiate better terms. Well, I mean, the, the, the criticism right now is that Steam is a market maker, and that Steam has such a big control of the market yeah, that I, you can't negotiate better terms, yeah, especially if you're I, an indie developer. I know, I know my statement was more stating the obvious so that we can, like, yeah. raise the fact that oftentimes when you're an indie developer or you're starting out, you have zero negotiation with these companies, right? Like, um, indie, yeah, it's not easy. Even medium-sized companies, like Devolver Digital, who's not a small company, talks about, like, yeah, we basically, Steam says jump and we go, all right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's why the whole fiasco exists between the Epic Store and Steam and everything. Well, like that, and exclusive. that's part of it, right? Because people are like, "Well, we'll lock in exclusive for six months to to Epic." Everybody will complain, and then we'll go and yeah. go into Steam's. All right, world. card subject to change. 
that's the asterisk that I put in every summary of this episode. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to talk about was tech earnings reports. You're going to have to listen to our show on Wednesday for that. We're going to be talking about that as we talk about stonks, stock market shortings, etc. So we're going to be talking about all of that on Wednesday because to finish this episode up, I wanted to chat quickly about WandaVision. Um, Spoiler free, so no spoilers, but I think this is an episode, if you haven't watched the show, if you're waiting for a good time to jump on kind of your jump on point, like in comics, this is it. Um, I know a lot of people are revisiting the show now because this yep. episode that just came out kind of starts really flush, fleshing out and building out the world and connecting it with the larger MCU. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a fucking good episode. What did you guys think? Yep. Yeah, Uh I'm going to, no spoiler here, but I also watched the preview for episode five. They released a trailer for it on YouTube. Mm. And holy shit. That's all I can say. I thought episode four was good. Episode five looks like it's going to just keep on rocking it. So good for them. It wasn't really slow up till now. And they really delivered on it. So hats off to them. Yep. Tyler, anything? Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this is what we've been waiting for in the show. And, like, I loved the slow burn, but this is very much, like, when the show starts. Yep. Yeah, they, they really set the palette. They really they really walked at their own pace. And good yeah. for them. You know, it wasn't my favorite choice, but it is a choice. And I, I have to respect it. You're really uneasy about this show. You could even watch episode four first, then go one, two, three. Yeah, that would almost work because I don't. I'm thinking about that now in the context of it. Yeah, so much of the stuff is 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 set up for now, though. Like it's it. I think it would really hurt the experience. I think it's better to binge the first four in order than what we got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm that would be if for people who are scared shitless or don't care for certain things, you know, they can <sighs> watch episode four and then skip through whatever they don't care of about one, two, and three. I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you do, but I'm I not the agree. boss. You know? Oh, I agree. But that's that. All right, Phil, do your thing. Tell you know, people how they can get a hold you know. of us. Hey, well, we're on the internet. That's what I hear anyway. You can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts. You're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And um, if you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show. Click the subscribe button now and uh, leave a rate and review. We very much appreciate it. Thanks, Phil. All right. We are the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast that talks about all things, anything and everything in pop culture. We talk about video games. We talk about books. We talk about we talk about it all. And the best part of it is that it's all in canon. Guys, thank you so much. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. It's the It's Canon Podcast. Goodbye.